A very merry draftmas to you. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Draft Show, breaking down day three selections for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we had to wait a long time for the Chiefs to finally pick on day three. Um, a lot happened in the first four hours. Uh, I ordered Chipotle uh, for delivery to my workplace and not my house. So we had a major delay on our Chipotle order. I'm uh, So much happened. I'm joined by Jake and Craig already. Craig, so, so much happened. Thanks for so much happened. I got a Chipotle order wrong. That's and it. We, and then we ate Chipotle. <laughs> then we had dinner. Uh, how you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Today was all right. Yeah, they they filled some positions that they needed <laughs> to address. We'll, we'll see about the players though. Yeah, we will. Jake, uh, how'd your Packers do today? Good. I will say your beard is looking really good today. Like high quality. Thanks. It looked. It's just really, it's really <laughs> Thank you. This is this is already just a train wreck. Uh, King has the worst beard in the room. I do. It's not even close. Yeah. But I will tell you what. I uh, I have the Casey Beard Company oils in uh, in my as do I beard right now, mm-hmm. and uh, they are fantastic. Shout out to my guy Lance over uh, at the KC Beard Co. hooking me up when I went on his podcast. Okay, so we should probably start talking about things that actually matter. Um, And the Chiefs made three selections. They made two in the sixth round and one in the seventh. They made selections in about like a 16-pick range. They started with Rashad Fenton, South Carolina cornerback. Craig, uh, tell me a little bit about what you thought about Fenton. When I first watched Fenton, I saw a guy that had the speed to carry vertically. He did it a number of times on some vertical routes. He was able to do that pretty well. And he was able to you know, follow receivers out of their breaks pretty well. He had really good short range quickness. However, he didn't know where the route was going at all. This, this is a man <laughs> that, that needs some serious coaching, uh, route recognition. Uh, he was way too reactionary. Double moves got him all the time because he was just kind of guessing at stuff. But I liked from a physical attribute standpoint what he brought to the table. He's got good enough ball skills. He's got pretty good height and length. He, he's got a high motor, and he, he will come down and tackle. He, he makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs, but he just didn't he, – then he went and he didn't test particularly well. I actually had him as the 20th best cornerback on our board oh, wow. before athletic testing, and he tested awful. And it, it doesn't show up on tape. He definitely is a better athlete than the numbers made it seem. We watched the combine drills. He was one of three guys. I, I believe I even mentioned him on the podcast right after the combine. He was one of three guys that we felt like performed the drills the best behind Byron Murphy and Mark Fields. And that's exactly what we've talked about on this podcast, too, is when you get to day three, you get late into the draft. Some teams prefer to just take their lottery tickets on freak athletes, and some guys are going to trust the tape. And I think that's kind of what they did here um, with uh, Fenton. Yeah, the Chiefs didn't really take a swing for a high athletic profile with that pick at the cornerback position. Craig, do you think that that Fenton makes the team? I I think he's got a shot. Uh, He... You know, I tweeted this out, but you say often, Kent, that some of these guys get better in the process. They get exposure to a little better coaching. They get exposure to 
a little better routine, workout routine, and you know, the drills and everything like that. Maybe some of these guys are able to pick stuff up quicker because they're not locked into a coaching staff or a scheme that maybe they're not the right fit for. And we saw at the combine that he he kind of performed well. He was able to do all these drills well and you know, better than most that were out there, better than a lot of guys that got drafted well before him. So I think that if he gets in there and he gets in that room, he has just as good a shot as DeMontre Wade. He has just as good a shot as Keith Reeser. Now, don't be expecting Rashad Fenton to come in here and start. He's not a starter on this team. He's He is a depth cornerback that they're hoping that they get something out of it. He's a project, and he's a kick returner. So uh, if he makes an impact, I think it will be on special teams in this year. But, yeah, he's a project. I was just, I was kind of like, okay, you yeah. know, when when, it, when Fenton was selected, we'll see. I, I I'm I'm curious to see how he performs at the uh, at training camp. Uh, looking forward to watching it, really. So the best day three selection, I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. Darwin Thompson, the running back from Utah State, he is taking Twitter by storm right now. Everybody is very hyped about this pick. We are too. Um, I saw um, I saw Tom. Uh, with KCTV5, uh, Tom Martin with KCTV5 uh, tweeting out that a source told him of Darwin Thompson that he compared him to Tariq Cohen. That just so happens to be the same player comp that we gave in the KC draft guy. So I was feeling good about that. And we're not the source. And we're way. not the source. So uh, I, I I hope that was a source within the Chiefs building. Oh, that, would, that be, would be great. That would be so cool. I did the prior. I was the primary grader. I did the write up on uh, Darwin Thompson. He's he's an intriguing dude. I believe. I think he played one year at Utah State. I think it was just one year at Utah State before he declared for the uh, for the National Football League. His uncle uh, played for the Rams. He's he's a, he's one of the most fun prospects. Uh, he's just he's, he's he's electric in space. Uh, he here's the thing that like I think is going to really determine his success in the National Football League. A couple things he showed some quality pass catching traits. I think those got to play at the next level if he's going to succeed in the National Football League. The one place I'm kind of curious with him is his contact balance because it looks really good when you are watching um, when you're watching him against Mount West competition. But I'm just trying to figure out, and one of the things I struggled with when I was evaluating him is is this a guy that um, is going to be able to have his contact balance translate to the next level. Craig, what do you think about Darwin? I liked him a lot. Like like you said, he he's a good pass catcher. He's got good contact balance. I mean, he was a, a, a reportedly a high school bodybuilder. I mean, he he looks like it. He looks like it. Yeah, they were saying that he front squats five hundred pounds at one hundred and ninety pounds. He he just he makes guys bigger than him miss. And a lot, a lot, and not by necessarily slipping contact by running through him. His his feet never quit moving, and he's always looking for those extra yards. He plays bigger than he is, but he's a real receiving threat. Uh, he he adds a dynamic player to the Chiefs' offense that they not, didn't necessarily have back there coming out of the backfield. A lot of the guys that they have do have some decent speed and some decent ability to catch the ball, but he's just that notch up from the rest of the Chiefs' backfield. Yeah, <clears throat> throw some stats at you, too. So pro football focus, 
you know, they, they do all these write-ups on these guys. He's got the number one elusive rating in the NCAA, which wow. goes into, you know, that's it's, it is what it sounds like. He can make guys miss uh, when you watch this tape. That's, I think, why he is so exciting because, you know, people get excited when a guy gets juked out and they get their ankles broken and stuff. He is that type of player. Um, 5.07 yards after contact, which is number eight, which is eighth in the NCAA. Kind of what Kent was saying, though, too. You do want to see that against better competition. Um, but all of it's there right now. And you watch him play. He, he's a little pinball. He bounces off of things. He stays on his feet. He's a fun guy to watch. Uh, like we've all talked about, he's a really good receiver out of the backfield. One thing that does stick out, and this might be the only negative thing I'm going to say about him, or there's really two negative things, right, that we can probably agree on. One, he's not an every down back. Right. That's right. not why he was drafted. He's right. going to come in right. and be just kind of a new toy for Andy Reid to play with. And also, he's not great in pass protection either. And that's going to be mm-hmm. something that he's going to have to get better at if he wants to stay on the field for more, for more snaps. And I think you add to that. I think I had vision questions with him. I don't think he always made great decisions and I don't think he always saw it cleanly. So that's one thing I think is going to have to, you know, it, I don't, that's one of the things that's going to limit his ability. But again, if you're just putting him in space, and you're giving him opportunities with, you know, in space, like him out on a swing would be really fun. Absolutely. You're talking about if he catches 15 or 20 balls this great, year, great value. that is insane value at this draft point. And also, if, you, if you're catching it or if you're giving him 15 or 20 swing passes, he's probably housing one. Yeah. And that's, I think, too, and I am fully team take a running back every year, but do it on day three. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, That's when you do it. One, two running backs. I'm kind of mad on. There's so much value at the running back position. Almost every single running back taken in the sixth and seventh round. I'm like, that's a good player. Like that, that is a good player that went off. And Darwin Thompson is no exception to that at all. He's going to be a guy that your value of what you get there is just so much higher for the running back position than any other position. And something else that's interesting for the Chiefs too is you look at them trying to replace Tyree Kill and. We were thinking, oh, they're going to try to do it with a with a with a Mecole Hardman. That's going to be the replacement. When realistically, you know, Darwin Thompson's going to do some of that stuff similarly that Tyree Kill did as well. You talk about mm-hmm. swing passes, you know, bubble screens, things like that. That's stuff that Darwin Thompson is going to help kind of replace some of those reps and some of those receptions. Um, so, you know, we don't really need to look at it from the angle of they're, one guy is going to do it because realistically, from a football standpoint, Tyree Kill is not going to be replaced by one player. Right. And here's another thing. They're going to line him out wide. Sure. He's not going to just be coming out of the backfield. He's a guy that has the capability to split out wide and go from there. They they can run a lot of empty sets with him. Yeah. No no problem at all. Yeah. That that makes them crazy dynamic. You, you, You don't want a linebacker on him out in space. No, you don't. You definitely don't. I have a feeling as people in Kansas City start breaking down uh, this tape and, and looking at it, people are going to be really super, super excited about him. In a lot of ways, he's kind of an easy evaluation if you're, you know, just kind of looking at he's some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And there's just some of that electric stuff. Like he's just yeah. kind of, you know, he's got these, the highlights are really high. If you, uh, but have, have a good expectation of him. Uh, he's not a everyday player, he's a valuable weapon, he's a piece to the puzzle. And he's kind of a guy you get five to ten touches, and 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 he could be a tremendous value mm-hmm. this late in the draft. Right, and that's what I was going to say. You know, if you would come and tell me that Darwin Thompson is actually going to be the most impactful rookie from this class, 
I would be skeptical because I'd probably say it's probably going to be Juan Thornhill, honestly. Mm -hmm. But you could make an argument that Darwin Thompson, even though he was their second to last pick in this draft class, that, yeah, he could come in and be the most impactful rookie that they have in 2019. Yeah, Yeah, he absolutely could. I I fully agree with Jake on that point. He he just makes so much sense in this offense as a weapon. And like Jake said, you take these guys, you find them late. Everybody loves Darwin Thompson. There's not like a like a negative thing it's out good. there it's, about it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's an it's easy fun. evaluation. Absolutely. It is an easy evaluation. But I mean, all of the major media people, everybody like that loves this guy. He's literally going to be everyone in Kansas City's sleeper. Yes. Like it's it's I'm just telling you, like the entire city will be like, this guy's a sleeper. Yeah. It's so easy to watch this kid and enjoy watching him play. Um and so I, I think the cool thing about, you know, like guys like this is you, you, you have a plan for them. You have a couple defined skills and traits that you identify here. And Andy Reid, I'm sure I'm positive of, absolutely has a plan for this guy. And that's what's going to be so fun is Andy's going to know what to do with him. I anticipate him making the roster. I anticipate him um, getting... Uh, getting some touches this year. I think he'll get a couple touches in week one. And I can't wait to see what they have in store for him. Okay, so I guess we need to talk about <laughs> the final pick of the draft. There's not going to be... Sexiest pick in the draft right here. It's not even like sexy. ESPN didn't even rank this guy. Yeah. Give him any kind of an indication. Like, he's his name's Nick Allegretti. He's a center from Illinois. And that's about what I know about him. Lance Zierlein said that he's three-year starter, and we do know that. Three-year starter. That's good. uh, Two-year team captain. Has some garden center experience. Uh, It makes a ton of sense in his own scheme. Uh, He he can handle power a little bit. A lot of these guys that we look at that are real good fits in Kansas City's zone scheme don't deal with power. He said that he actually does have you know, some some ability to handle a good bull rush, but he gets beat with quickness, supposedly, and he gets beat with stunts and twists. That makes sense. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that's going to come in and be a part of the rotation with Austin Ryder, with Cam Irving, with, you know, some of those guys that they've brought in. He's no lock to make the roster, but no. he, he's got a shot. They're probably going to give him a shot. And the, the thing I, I with with the Chiefs is, and I wrote about this on Arrowhead Pride because I had like I had to write a paragraph on him for, for what we're doing over there is, you know, the Chiefs have done a good job of identifying um, interior offensive linemen in Andy Reid's tenure. He's always been good about finding guys that, you know, whether it's undrafted free agents, whether it's late round picks, I feel like they've done a good job of identifying interior offensive linemen. You look at guys like Jimmy Murray even last year where it just popped off the tape, his his quickness and mm-hmm. his ability to move. And like and he came out of nowhere for everyone too. So um, I, if they're if they're making a pick on a guy like this, uh, he probably, I, I, I'm, a, I'm imagining him in my head. I can't wait to kind of dive in a little bit here over the next day or two and kind of look at him a little bit more. But um, the Chiefs have done a good job of identifying uh, interior offensive lineman. We are going to take a break and we'll be back with Maddie Lane right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We are joined by Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. How uh, how you feeling about day three, Maddie? It was a pretty normal day three going through, you know, the sixth round. We were just kind of sitting around doing a lot of waiting for the Chiefs to pick. And then they came up and they picked Rashad Fenton, which is I mean, it's fine. As a cornerback, we needed it. It was fine. But then we took my guy, my dude, <laughs> Darwin Thompson at the beginning of the seventh round. And that yeah, just changes I, I, everything. I was actually, it was the last pick of the sixth That's round. That's right. Thank you very he much. He was not the seventh round pick. He was the comp pick at the end of the sixth round. And that changed so, the outlook of the entire day for me. It was worth just hanging out. It was worth taking a pretty cornerback eh, and then an offensive guard. I do center. I do not know anything about other than he looked good at the Shrine game to get Darwin on this team. I uh, full disclosure. I spelled Nick Allegheny's name wrong when I first typed it. We're writing up the little reaction. Like, I don't know much about him. It was just kind of one of those. I'm pretty like, sure I, it's Allegretti. Okay. <laughs> See? <laughs> so I, even when I corrected myself, I might have spelled it wrong. Um, the funny thing is, like, Allegretti. I think didn't that's right. Even, didn't even uh, register. Like, when I was looking through ESPN, like, they didn't have a ranking on him at all either. So, like, this dude's just far out of left field. Yeah, and, I mean, he seems like he played He played in a Power 5 conference, so the fact that, like, ESPN probably should have had some kind of ranking on him, you would assume, but he's definitely a guy that you expected to be a priority free agent, late-round draft pick, that a team just falls in love with the character, which, when you're sitting on the outside, you can't do that same thing. So it makes sense for not everyone to have him ranked or ranked highly. Yeah, and that's all we're going to say about Nick Allegretti anymore in the rest of this segment with you, Maddie, because there's literally nothing else to say. He plays football for Illinois. Played. He was. He, he played I think. football for Maybe. Illinois. Could be made up. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> we might have to check. He went to school at Illinois, but he's big. And so now the Chiefs are going to. Um, he, he's actually a shot putter uh, heading into the season. I think that was it. But. Um, Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about Rashad Fenton. What did you think about him as a player? So I did actually watch Rashad Fenton. Um, Craig asked some asked us to watch a couple of corners that he just thought that he may be a little different than other people. So I threw on some Rashad Fenton tape. I think I watched two games of him, and I mean he tries hard. He's a guy that's giving it one hundred percent when he's out there on the field. He works. He'll play through contact. He'll come up and try to tackle. He'll take on blocks. He might not always understand what is happening on the field in front of him. Like, he doesn't process what a receiver is doing very well, and he really struggles with his play strength given his frame. 
But like I said, he tries and he does have good feet. It just doesn't always translate to the most fluid movement. And I'm not, it's a weird thing to watch because his feet look quick. They look light, but he doesn't always have the quickest transitions. And I think a lot of it's just him struggling to process what's going on in front of him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if like, I, do you think he makes the roster? Yes or no? If you had to ask today, I don't think so. Now, here's this is going to be something that'll be on a pod longer going forward. So just call us a teaser. I think the Chiefs very much have a plan for a vet corner in the works that they've been working on. I don't think that if they really wanted and thought they needed a corner, they would not have gone up and got somebody before Rashad Fenton. So I think there's another cornerback addition coming at some point in time. And once you put that in there, I don't think Fenton is going to beat out Tremont Smith or even Demontre Wade, who I think is a guy that had better tape than Fenton did last year. I agree. Okay, let's talk about the crown jewel of day three. Not just for the Chiefs, but for the entire National Football League. Kelvin Harmon? Darwin Thompson. Oh. Darwin Thompson. <laughs> Maddie. Can you can you just like calm the Mecole slander for like that wasn't 20 minutes? Even, okay, one, that wasn't even Mecole slander. That was just wanting Kelvin Harmon. You were the one. Oh, I thought you said. You okay. are subconsciously slandering Mecole Hardman already. So this is back on you now. You, you should just, you should. If everyone could hear your your Mecole takes for the last 24 hours, like you, They're you are to. obsessed. We have a longer pod. I'm sure people are going to hear it. I have taken I'm a sure. break from watching Mecole Hardman tape. So everybody knows I'm not watching any more tape on him through this weekend. I just simply can't. I'm going to start again on Monday, and I'm going to write the 10 things that he does well as a wide receiver and cross my fingers and something besides speed comes out of those 10 things. Wow. Well, let's talk about Darwin. (laughs) Please. A guy that has more and more good traits. Every time you watch him, you can come away with something new from Darwin Thompson that's amazing. Whether you're just looking at his frame, the dude looks like a power lifter, essentially, the way he's built with how big his legs are. He's a, relative, he's a miniature DK Metcalf in terms of his body. You guys have seen the pictures from his pro day? Yeah, I have. He looks amazing. Right. Very and, handsome, too. And he plays just like that. I mean, he did play a lower level of competition, so you do have to deal with that a little bit. But this man runs through tacklers from guys much bigger than him. He bounces off tackles. He has that weird kind of, and I'm not comparing them as players necessarily, but as a particular trait, that Kareem Hunt type balance that he gets himself into positions that you think there's no way he's going to stay on his feet, and then he does. And I think that Hunt gets thrown around a lot as a a comp point for Chiefs fans because we did get to see him, and it is a very rare trait that you can easily draw upon. But this is a guy that really does kind of have that same look when he's running around fighting through contact. I had some vision questions with him watching a little bit. I think that's Fair. one thing I need to, I, I want to, you know, kind of watch a little bit more. I'm going to go, obviously, I'll go break him down, you know, again. Um, just, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have write ups on all these prospects. Every single draft pick, we're going to have a, a write up on breaking their film down a little bit more. And we might have a few uh, surprises with that as well. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 I do think, like, I, I think I've said this, his contact balance is intriguing. I just, I want to make sure. That we that it's actually going to translate. Like that's the one thing I just want to make sure that it actually does translate. Is it just that he's playing against a level of competition, or when thing when things kind of get a little more congested, when the players get bigger, does that translate? If it does, they legitimately have Tariq Cohen. 
Right, and I think that's the biggest thing is you're not looking at a guy that I think you're going to put behind inside zone and have him decipher the best gap to hit all the time. He's going to be a space player. He's going to be in there on third downs or against on passing situations against lighter boxes. I think you're going to see him get a little bit more work as a actual receiver. You know, maybe not split out wide, but put in the slot or just simply running more advanced routes for a running back from the backfield. So I think you're going to play him more in space, much like the Bears have done with Tariq Cohen. Now, he doesn't have Tariq Cohen's long speed or like vertical receiving prowess. If you go back and watch Tariq Cohen at North Carolina a which, funny enough, is like five minutes from my house if I run to slide down there. But hmm. he's not the same level of player in terms of downfield receiving or his open field elusiveness, but he's stronger. He's definitely more powerful, and I think he handles contact a little better. So while the comp isn't perfect one-for-one, one, I do think it's the best you can come up with just looking at how they're playing and the situation they're coming from. And just looking at them in general. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. When you watch them play, I mean, the highlights are very similar. Just rather than making everybody miss, he'll make a guy or two miss and then run through some poor DB that thinks they can hit him in his thighs that are like the size of Kalen Sanders' thighs. They're, they're pretty big. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and they kind of look a little bit like each other, too. Have you looked at them side by side? Yeah. As, like, in the face? Yeah, no, they, they, they have a lot of similarities. And so, like I said, he's a guy that I've been high on. I think I talked about him, like, back in January, February, maybe. I know Craig retweeted my tweet from, like, February 8th or something, talking about how he was, like, my top running back target. I stand by that. I fully embrace running backs on day three. And when you're going to take my top guy on day three that I'm targeting, I'm a happy camper. This more than made up for waiting all day, like I said. I'm super excited to see what he can do. My one concern is a little bit of a crowded running back room right now. Carrying four running backs plus a fullback is going to be interesting. So I'm gonna, let's see how it shakes out once we get into camp because I really don't want to see Daryl Williams, and no, it's not Daryl the Barrel, or Darwin Thompson get stuck back on the practice squad or something, but I don't know if there's going to be room for everybody once the season starts. That's Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your draft, post-draft uh, rituals. It's time to close out our draft analysis. We have one more recap draft show coming up next week. It'll be the final, final AP draft show of the year. The AP Laboratory obviously will continue to run, but we'll be back for draft season next year, obviously, after that. But, guys, I wanted to close this thing out. Uh, give me a bold prediction about the Chiefs 2019 draft class. Jacob, we'll start with you. Bold prediction for this draft class. I'm going to swing for the fences. I'm going to say Nicole Hardman will be a rookie pro bowler. What? <laughs> now, I'm factoring in the fact that I think he's one of the best kick and punt returns okay. in this rookie class. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but that I... But he, but well, he I, could qualify. I would yeah. say that would be his best chance to do that. But okay. he really is. He really is one of the best yeah. punt returners in this class. So I wouldn't actually be shocked if that if that were to happen. If you get some opportunities, I wouldn't either. It. I was watching a little bit more of him. Like he's so sudden. He is. Like I, I bet he houses a kick in the first four weeks, and that's not my bold prediction. Okay, yeah. that's it. That'd be sweet. Yeah. That'd be cool. Anyways, Craig, what's your bold prediction? Then? My bold prediction, uh, Kalen Saunders has three and a half sacks Ooh. on the year. And if if you follow me at all, you know that uh, edge defenders 
average about one and a half sacks from the third round since 2010. Interior defensive line, it falls way off a cliff because of run stuffers yeah. and stuff like that. That's a big number for him. So I, I predict that he's going to have three and a half sacks this year. Okay, I'm going to make one for Maddie. Just because I, Maddie's not here, and we kind of decided to do this late, so and we already know what he's gonna say. Yeah, it's gonna be some. Uh, it's gonna be. Uh, sorry, let me finish my protein shake real quick. <clears throat> we think <laughs> that we that uh, an undrafted free agent receiver is gonna have more production this year than Nicole Hardman. Yeah, that 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 seems about right. That's I, that, that seems totally up Maddie's alley right Maddie now. Maddie is very distraught over the Mecole Hardman pick. Yeah, he'll get over. He it. will. I, I I get what he's saying a little bit. I just hope it, it, we'll see what he looks like at training camp if he's grown and developed. Like speed guy, fast, but like what else is he? Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna dive in a little bit more. I think I'm gonna do the write up on him. Mine, Juan Thornhill is starting in Jacksonville on week one. And I think I'll even go a little bit bolder. I could see Juan Thornhill starting by training camp, like first day of training camp, rolling out. Like he just does well during the OTAs, and they're just like, okay, go line yeah. up, get out there, you and Badger, let's go. I he could- seems he's got the football IQ for it. He's yeah. got the character for it. He's got. I mean, you want guys. I mean, they call them an energy giver. You yeah. want guys like that on the field. Uh, let's do this. Uh, I need to call an audible. Favorite pick of this draft class for the Chiefs, Jacob. Saunders, easy. Next. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Mine's Thornhill. I, I just think Thornhill allows them to do so much on the back end now that I, I, I just love it. I think I'm Thornhill. You, you want to pick Darwin, though. I kind of want to pick Darwin a little bit. <laughs> Recency I, bias. Maybe. That might be. That it honestly might be, might be it. Yeah. It might be just a little bit of recency bias, but he's fun, man. He is fun. Darwin is... Darwin is, is is such it's it, he's he's gonna be a a fan favorite. I can just tell you right now. Not more so than than Kalen Saunders. They're both fan favorites. Mm, I don't know, man. They're both I, they're both gonna be beloved Chiefs. Oh yes, I I would agree. And would they're agree. both gonna be on the fifty three man roster in Jacksonville. There's another take. Mm. I mean, yeah. Kalen's a lock. But well, right, he's a lock. But Darwin is making the team. Yes, I'd agree. It's gonna be fun. We'll be back next week. And uh, we'll have some breakdowns of the undrafted free agents. We'll get some analysis, kind of just talking about the uh, the draft in general as we've kind of dived in, dived in a little bit more and uh, all that good stuff. We will catch you guys next week. Merry draft miss to all of you.